0: Okay, welcome back to Journalistic Integrity. Today we have on a very special guest, Journalistic Integrity Royalty. This is his sixth time on the podcast. He was the first ever guest in Journalistic Integrity history. Last time you saw him, he had his Bracketology hat on and he was in the bunker. Today we're asking him to put on his NFL scouting hat. And that is John Boyer. John, welcome to the show. And my first question is, How difficult has this been for you? I know you love going to Indy. You love going to the combine. You love, you know, taking the GMs out, taking the coaches out. More importantly, you love, you know, getting your hands on these guys, feeling them up, seeing seeing what they're made of. What's it been like doing this more of a a virtual uh, scouting evaluation?
1: Robert, well, first of all, thanks for having me back. Absolutely. Uh, I uh, didn't know it was my sixth time on it, uh, on the pod. I I remember back to the early days, of the old logo, uh, you really – sets up your shop over there but uh, there's a lot
0: of heat on the logo a lot of heat (laughs) and I I caved to the the outside pressure
1: yeah but uh you know as far as the draft goes I miss uh you know miss being in Indy love going to Lucas Oil being in there uh you know getting getting a a closer look at the guys so I can kind of form my mocks better um and then you know you kind of miss out on a year of relationship building with these GMs uh these you know execs in the front office but you know, we're making do, I've got my contacts, i uh, got people I can talk to over the phone, so overall it's been okay, but uh, you know, don't hold me to uh, my mock to the same standard as in previous years, I'll say that. Uh, I yeah,
0: absolutely not, and you know, I doubt those. this mock can, you know, it's such a high standard from your previous mocks, and speaking of mocks, let's just, let's talk a little mock, and we can't talk mock drafts without Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper, and so we'll get into the meat of the draft after this, but... We've got two guys that have been battling it out the whole time. And, and McShay is kind of the, the newer age guy, a little more hip. You know, he's on social media tweeting. Kuiper's more of a, you know, put me in a dark room, give me a pen and a notepad, and I'm, I'm going to crank some film and jot down some notes. I'm a Mel Kuiper guy. My favorite pie is actually pumpkin pie, just like his. He eats that every morning. I'm a pumpkin pie guy, and I'm an old school grinder guy. You know, give me a guy that's going to, you know, work 14 hours grind tape. McShay, he's on TV. He's doing some sideline stuff. That that kind of agitates me from a scouting standpoint. I don't like their face being all over the TV unless it's about scouting. But if you had to go one way, McShay or Kuiper, who would it be?
1: Oh, I'm with you. I'm I'm a I'm a Kuiper guy through and through. Uh, you know, McShay, he he's kind of bust on the scene as a, uh, yeah, he's, he's the young hotshot. You know, he he's I guess he's he's a known commodity now. But uh, you know, Kuiper's been on there for years. He doesn't really care about his, you know, performance, his ego or, you know, his, uh, sorry, his appearance and his ego uh, (laughs) and things of that nature. He's really, he's more just more about the film uh, and that the film, show it on tape and then take the tape and form your mock that way. Right. Uh, Jay's just got a lot going on. You know, he's, he's in with like the port noise of the world and all the the young guys. The
0: The Boston, he's from Boston. He had had the radio station there with those guys and. It just shows that it wasn't in his DNA from the stamp- from the very starting point. And ever since we were watching ESPN, we had Kuiper there for us, working us through mock drafts when we were, you know, six, seven years old. And so, you know, I remember some of those, you know, the 98 mock draft. I've got all of those, you know, kind of stamped in my brain. So I agree, we're both we're both Kuiper guys. So without further ado, let's dive into the draft. We know what's happening at one and two. Lawrence is going to Jacksonville, Wilson going to the Jets. Number three is where the draft starts. Mac Jones has been trotting up the draft while Fields has been dropping. And it's been strange. There's you know, speculation. Some of it is like, hey, GMs were, were leaking. Fields can't read that. And, you're, and some people are like, okay, is that, is that a little bit of race um, bias going towards that? So there's a lot of different things going on in this draft. I think it's a pretty exciting draft. I don't love Mac Jones at three, um, but I, I do trust Kyle Shanahan at the same time. And the reports are Shanahan wants Jones, the scouting scouting department wants Trey Lance. So none of them want fields. It's either Lance or Jones. What? Who would you, if you're the 49ers, what, what would you think at, at three?
1: Yeah, well, on fields, first off, I think a lot of teams are a bit gun shy about one drafting another Ohio State quarterback. They have not had much NFL success. Uh, he did lose a job uh, to Jake Fromm at Georgia, although that was, I think, a a little bit the good old Georgia boy gets the job. Right. Uh it, and I, I think that uh you know Justin Fields and Dwayne Haskins are two entirely different players, but I think he's still getting that comp to an extent just because he's another black quarterback out of Ohio State. Um but on the 49ers, uh you know, if I were them, uh I would probably be taking Trey Lance at three. I agree with the scouting department. He's a project. He's a project, uh, but I think he has the higher ceiling. Everyone's looking for the next dynamic playmaker, and Mac Jones is a lot of things, but he's not dynamic. Uh, He does pick up on offenses very quickly. It's one of Saban's uh, kind of things. He told the NFL guys how quickly uh, his recall was uh, and his ability to implement scheme. But uh, I'd go with Lance personally.
0: Okay, so Lance. So Lance definitely. And I had this question when I had. Aaron, on a couple of weeks ago, is the day are the days of a pocket passer done? And obviously, that relates to Mac Jones. You look at the top quarterbacks now, I mean, Mahomes, Rodgers, um, Lamar Jackson, they're all extremely mobile. And Mac Jones isn't, obviously. Uh, at the top, Lawrence is Zach Wilson, obviously, is Fields is, um, and then obviously, Lance can as well. So that'll be interesting at three. I think they're leaning towards Jones, but. He's had some off the field stuff. And, and when we're talking about these top draft picks, we can't mention that without, you know, can this guy be the face of your franchise? Can you hand the keys you know to the building? Is he going to be there at 4 a.m.? Is he going to open up the building? And there's some stuff about Mac Jones that I don't necessarily buy. And I don't buy a lot of things about these quarterbacks. I, I, I posted a, a statement where I only think Lawrence is going to be a guy that, that comes out of, the, out of the draft. That's really good. So as a whole, what, what do you think about this quarterback class?
1: Yeah, I mean, every every year, uh, you know, you look at these guys under a microscope, and it looks like yeah, they a lot of you know a lot of players have their upsides and downsides, and in the end, it's really one is one ends up being very good, uh, or a lot of years it's none. You know, we had the uh, Jameis Winston versus Marcus Mariota draft. or, I mean, it's it, I guess Jameis, you know, he will he be the guy this year in New Orleans possibly, but you know, Mar- Mar- Mariota's bounced around the league so. I think with this particular draft, uh, I mean, as much as I hate to say it, Trevor Lawrence is a sure thing. He will be good in the NFL. He's just everything to look for in a prospect. Um, Other than him, I think it's a real toss-up. I think Trey Lance has the best opportunity to be great behind him. Don't know a lot about Um, Wilson just because I didn't watch all that much BYU the the
0: face throws me off a little bit can a guy that looks like that I mean he looks like a a 12 year old kid he's always smiling it's kind of kind of cheesy can that guy can he play a 17
1: Martell kind of right he does he does have the
0: Tate Martell vibes and you kind of feel like an air of a a little bit of cockiness which you know I'm fine with I'm an old school guy Um, you know I don't love cockiness you know Fernando Tatis the league would be better without him obviously so there, I mean, there's some stuff that, that rubs me in my old school um, cohorts the, the wrong way. So without further ado, let's go to pick number four. And it's the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow coming off an ACL injury. And so he wants the receiver out of LSU, Jamar Chase. But the Bengals need an offensive line. That's the reason their quarterback got hurt. It's because the offensive line missed a block. And there's a guy, Sewell, out of Oregon. And John you can't throw to uh, a good receiver if you're on your butt. If you got sacked. You can't deliver the ball. So w- what, what should these guys do?
1: That's, that's very true. And I've gone back and forth on this, uh, you know, dozens of times in my mocks. But, <laughs> um, you know, I think with a guy who seems to be as sure of a thing at the offensive line position as we've had in the last few years in Sewell, uh, as much as you'd like to appease your star quarterback reuniting with just an absolute prolific receiver at LSU in uh, Jamar Chase. I think you've got to go O-line. You've got to shore up that front and uh, get dirty because otherwise it's just going to be kind of like, it a, a kind of quid to how the Falcons have, uh, you know, they have a lot of weapons uh, with Julio Jones, Calvary and all that, but their line has been inconsistent and you're never going to break through to, you can be flashy and exciting and fun to watch, but, are you going to really be a good football team without a good offensive line? No, you no. can make it to a receiver elsewhere, but not. Receiver, yeah. Can't receiver, it line.
0: Right. Receivers, the icing, you need the cake, you need the batter to really make a nice foundation. I think I skipped a team. So I think the Bengals are at five. I think I skipped the Falcons right. at, at four. Um, and so this is a big pick too. So um, there's going to be, uh, let's see, there are going to be three quarterbacks off the board. So you're wondering the Falcons, are they going to ride out another year with Matt Ryan um, and uh, and then have a quarterback in the waiting, so that kind of seems like hey, if Trey Lance is still there, he needs to sit for a year. That seems like a pretty good fit. Are they going to try and get another weapon? This goes to the the Kyle Pitts discussion, and this is kind of one of my one of my kind of hot takes. You know, I've been squatting on it a little bit, trying to feel out what the reaction would be to it. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm not a big Pitts guy because wow. I'm not a big I'm not a big tight ends in the uh, first round guy either. And so let me whip out some of my homework. So there's been a couple first round tight ends that that have been drafted in the past decade. So we got Hayden Hurst. We got Hawkinson, who was recently in the top 10 to uh, the Lions. I think Brandon Pettigrew, Efert uh, and Joku for the Browns who, you know, his first three years, he couldn't catch a football. And so people overplay the the, the tight end position. And I think, I think the fourth pick is so valuable. And if you're the Falcons, I would almost, if you're going to draft the tight end, almost trade back. And you can get a team like the Patriots or a team like the Broncos to move up and get that quarterback. Um, so that's that's my Pitts. And everyone loves Pitts. He's a tight end. I'm not sure he can block anybody. Yeah, he runs fast, but it's like is he I mean, is he a receiver at this point? Uh what do you see? Two parts, what do you see the the Falcons at at four, quarterback or not quarterback? And is Pitts a guy that you want in the top five?
1: Yeah, so as far as Pitts goes, uh, you know, I, I watched a lot of his games this year and there's no denying his ability, especially at the college level. He looks like a man amongst boys. Um, and that included the South Carolina game. We got a couple of early touchdowns, uh, that game, but I
0: mean, everybody was against that defense. Hey, but,
1: yeah. uh, we'll get to We'll get to our, uh, the corners later. Uh, yep. but, uh, uh, as far as taking quarterback versus not, uh, I think it would be wise for them to start looking at the future beyond Matt Ryan. Uh, you know, he's, he's been great for a lot of years for them. And I'm sure they don't want to, uh, you know, draft someone too early when he still has a few years left. He's only, what, 33, 34 years old, um, mm-hmm. and he's not uh, a mobile guy, so he's, he can stand back there and throw the ball still. But um, I think it wouldn't be – I'm trying to think of a way to describe, like, people were talking about the, the 49ers even going after Kyle Pitts at three and teaming him up with, with George Kittle. But I think you mentioned Hayden Hurst being a first-round pick. He actually had a very good year with the Falcons last year. In his first year there uh coming over from the baltimore ravens and so i i don't think they should go uh with pitts i think he falls a little bit i like your uh i like your take on it is actually a very different take you know i've listened to a lot of sports podcasts in the last few weeks
0: they're all over him all over him the thank so you it's, it's just there's certain things about the the sports media they get a hold of of some narrative and they just they just they're all See, over with each other.
1: We're gonna go along with that, but I'm glad this is not like other sports podcasts. Uh, a different,
0: yeah. That's why, yeah, that's why this one is so big because it takes like that. And and honestly, this just goes right into my next point. And Drew Locke was another guy. Uh, sports media last year in 2020, they're all over each other, retweeting each other. Ooh, Drew Locke, dancing, rapping on the sidelines. He's another guy. I'm not handing my my keys to that guy to run my franchise. I just he. He walks, talks, and breathes like a, a quarterback that's going to flame out. And he he leaves the pocket early. He I, theres a lot of interceptions, and he'll have a couple good highlights, but that's about it. So Broncos at nine is the next team we'll go to. Do you want do you want them to move up, or do you think there'll be somebody left at nine? Like a, I know you're, you're not a Kellen Mond guy, are you?
1: So I actually had Kellen Mond uh, later on in my mock. But uh, speaking of, I'll, we'll go back get right back to the Broncos. But Please. I do like, uh, so Washington has the 19th pick. Yep. Uh, I think they don't take a quarterback then. I think they stick with Fitzy for this year. And I think later on, I think probably he'll be there in the third round, take a flyer on Kellen Mond. And then he's a guy with a lot of upside, four year starter, uh, all the things that, you know, McShay will uh, rattle off.
0: Are you, you worried? I know you watch a lot of SEC football. Are you worried about the stiffness? I mean, the dude looks. Real stiff in the pocket. He, he doesn't, doesn't have look robotic. those.
1: Yeah, he doesn't have the robotic. greasy
0: hips. Yeah. Hey, it just,
1: for Robert, it's a third round pick. You know, third round picks miss all the time. You don't have, if you're a GM, that's, you know, your job's safe. You're, give, you're not give me a backup robotic. offensive tackle. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a sorry, what?
0: Give, give me, a, you know, an offense, a backup offensive tackle or a middle linebacker. I and mean, you're getting kellen Mind. I'm worried about that pick because well, if, so if,
1: I, if not, so you mentioned, you mentioned linebacker, right? Sure did. Uh, So, for in my mock, I've got uh, Parsons, the the kid from uh, Penn State, who sat out this year. I've got him going to Washington. I think that would be a great pick to shore up that that, uh, middle of that defense, and that would be a really scary sight. But going back to the Broncos, um, I think there will be a quarterback there at nine for them to take. I don't know uh, if it will be, you know, Fields, Jones, Lance, um, but I think there will be one for them to take, and I don't think they need to trade up. But they do need to draft a quarterback because – drew lock is baker mayfield without as much skill and possibly more uh ego that right just, this is not a recipe for success in this
0: league T- yeah and, yeah especially in this league and, and teammates like baker like they he's cocky all that stuff but his teammates when i mean interviews with him they all like him i yeah, think they it would be, what
1: they go to bat for him that's for sure
0: <laughs> they will they'll, they'll sheet him they'll she shield him from the media and, and kind of take the pressure away I think it would be borderline malpractice if the Broncos don't take a quarterback at nine, especially when you look next year, the draft isn't great um, quarterback wise next year. Obviously there can be guys that pop like Wilson did this year, last year, Joe Burrow, no one saw that coming. So you never know. Um, But JT Daniels is kind of looking like a a top guy for next year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned this guy. And so we'll shift to a segment for this. And this segment is guy that you're willing to, a guy that you'll you'll eat your own column if this guy does not succeed or if this take does not become true. And you said I'm Micah Parsons. You called him a kid. Quite frankly, I'm pissed at you. That guy's a man. That guy is a man amongst boys. He's gonna push guys around. He's gonna push offensive tackles around. That guy, you know what? He's built different. He's he's simply built different. He's got that he's got an edge to him, John. And Micah Parsons, you know what? Not only I'm gonna eat my column, I'll hitch my wagon. To him and he can wow. take me he can take me wherever he wants so that's a two for one you're eating and hitching i am no eating and hitch best. i'll i'll have to you know go to the oregon trail and hitch a wagon while eating my column if he doesn't end up being a good guy so that's that's my guy i mean he he's a man all
1: right all right well my uh a guy who i'm hitching my wagon to we mentioned him earlier in the pod uh but set out this year wide your lsu jamar chase i will eat every column i have uh and that's dating back to the early days. Um, but, those we're inky. A lot of yeah, ink on those. He got 20 touchdowns his last year with Joe Burrow. Uh, he's been as dynamic as a guy as you're going to see. Um, the guy just makes plays. You know, I know everyone uh, is kind of split on Javante Smith, and I almost yeah. went with him because I do have a lot of confidence in him because he's a very smart player. He knows how to get open. I don't think it's much of an issue. But for the purpose of this segment, got <laughs> with uh, Jamar Chase from LSU.
0: I, I agree with Chase. And I mean, you're talking receivers, uh, you know,
1: you He's liked- a better of Justin Jefferson. I mean, Justin yeah. Jefferson is great. So, yeah,
0: I agree. And there's something, I mean, watching you talk about receivers, you, you kind of light up. It's like, you see, you know, the most beautiful girl, your face just lights up when you're talking about receivers. And, and, and you were, you were one of the top receivers. We talked about this in previous pods. You're a great receiver and you, you sort of mastered your craft, not only the athleticism, but the smarts were there uh, kind of like Devonte Smith. So, Devonta Smith, excuse me. So my, uh, I want you to rate your your top receivers one through three. I'm guessing Chase is your first, but I, this means a lot coming from a guy that, that's kind of mastered the position.
1: Yeah, well, it's like uh, you know when you're watching Sunday Night Football and there's a, there's a long uh, a long pass play, 60 yard pass play, and then Chris Collinsworth's first comment is about the offensive line and the blocking. That's like me with the wide receiver. You know, if there's a big run, like well, look who sprung that. Look who, look who's on the <laughs> outside getting dirty. So. My, you're right. I do light up. I love wide receivers. <laughs> it's my background. You know, it's what I played. I live that. So uh, I love uh, Jamar Chase. The one, you know, he's he's my top guy. Javante Smith is a tough. That very hard decision, but he's got to be my number two. You know, he's arguably one of the most productive college football receivers in in college football history. Um, and then number three, I'm actually staying in and staying at Alabama. Probably the best playmaker in this receiving class, Jalen Waddle, oh. uh, before he got injured, he just don't give that, you don't need to give that guy anything. He's going to, he can run, outrun anyone. He's like a, you know, he's, he's kind of built like Debo Samuel. Um, And he's a little but he's probably a little faster. Um, The USC but- comparisons. <laughs> we'll, we'll get hey. to you. We'll get to USC
0: in a second, John. Uh, Calm your horses down over there. Jalen Waddle. He shouldn't, he shouldn't have brought the, the ball out of the end zone as uh nick saban said when he got hurt um
1: yeah yeah maybe you're right but he you know he, he i saw him playing per- i got a chance to see him play in person and uh he did not disappoint disappointed me in a in the team's team's perspective because was, was he a after- joy
0: to watch a, a pleasure to watch
1: yeah you know my eyes just lit up when i saw him. Uh, <laughs> he just, he's got everything he's got the intangibles uh or i guess the tangibles that i didn't have but uh right with the speed and the elusiveness but uh but yes, so he, he's my number three, um, just because I think he's got the most, uh, probably the biggest chance to be um, the least consistent in the league. Right, uh, durable, but uh, I think he's still gonna be a, a great prospect.
0: Last thing on the receivers, so I'm not high. This is kind of like a a lukewarm take, but I'm not a big Devonte Smith guy, and people are coming out saying, hey, people are d- dinking him for size. I think that's a straw man argument. Nobody's really been doing that. People would just assume people are going to be saying that. And people are like, don't care about his size. I actually do care about his size a little bit. And we see other Alabama guys, Judy, and obviously he doesn't have a great quarterback, but Henry Ruggs, other like speed guys. There hasn't been a receiver that's this skinny come out. That's been really successful. Like 165, 170 is way different than 180, 185. And he's like a six six foot guy too. So it's it's spread out, really thin frame. I'm not high on Smith too. I put him in that same Kyle Pitts category where hold your horses guy. We, I mean, we love, you know, seeing the speed and the smarts. And I agree. He was a very smart player from, from all accounts of people who, who were with him on the sideline, but I'm not a huge Devonte Smith guy. I agree with you with chase. Um, but it is, I mean, Bama receivers, they just, Maybe it's a me problem and I get affected by the guys that came out before them in the same position from the same school. And I saw Judy and Ruggs in, in the AFC West. Um, but
1: what well, you've seen what, twice a year. So you kind of, you've got that uh, the predetermined notion that they're all going to be coming out as busts. But uh, I think we've seen we've seen some guys have some pretty darn good careers out of there. But, uh, you know, I, I, I understand your reservations uh, regarding uh, Devontae Smith. Uh, I just think he's simply built different.
0: So, <laughs> <laughs> well, Hey, I'll, I'll defer to the receivers guy. So it's, a, it's okay. I'll, I'll let you have this one and be the, the foremost, you know, speaker on, on receivers. I think that's, that's fair. Um, Thank so, you. so Chase, you, you would eat your column for him. Is there, would you hitch your wagon to him as well? Is there another guy who do you you'd like uh, connecting your wagon to?
1: Uh, I'm probably going to hitch my wagon to Sewell. Um, I'm going to trust the experts on this one. Uh, you know our friends over Pro Football Focus uh, are just keep keep raving about him, uh, and he's he's definitely he's just a big people mover, uh, yeah. and that's what we're, uh, more of especially for the Cincinnati Bengals they can use all the help they can get up front yeah. uh, to protect their their crown jewel their number one guy uh, Joey B so um, I, I'll I'll hitch my wagon to him.
0: Okay, he, he certainly creates lanes. He's a big body and he does he does a lot of good things on the offensive line. So we'll we'll see if he goes number four. I think he should. So let's go. I mean, real quick, we got a few more things. Running backs, just the state of the running backs. So in the past, we've seen guys like Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley. Um, there's one other guy that uh, Barkley Elliott. There, there's one other guy too. Went but,
1: four net, went four. Oh, exactly,
0: uh, exactly. Four net. So the past, I think, five years, there's been um, three of them where a running back's gone in the top five, and now it's it's almost getting to where it's like a plug and play. You just get an NFL caliber guy at running back and he'll, he'll make it work. If the offense, there's just not much disparity between, you know, running back number 30 and running back number four, uh, you know, Davin cook will make a difference. But other than that, it seems pretty, pretty even. So, I mean, there's a couple of decent running backs. We got the guy, um, out of Bama and then we got, uh, ETN. So Najee Harris and then ETN out of Clemson. So, I don't think there's going to be running backs in the next five years going in the top five unless we get some freak of nature. But uh, between Najee Harris and Etienne, who do you like more? I personally like Etienne more just because he's been great for all three years in speed and power I like.
1: Yeah, uh, I I have to agree begrudgingly. Um, Etienne, as an NFL back uh, with his ability to catch the ball and uh, and just kind of work within an offense, I don't think you have to tailor as much uh, to him. Uh, It's just his ability to – you know, avoid contact, run through contact. You can do it all. But that's not to take anything away from Najee Harris. That guy's a beast. And I think we've all been wrong before, uh, notably on Henry. You know, uh same, same kind of back. Yeah. Same athleticism. Uh, and so I think you probably can't go wrong with either, although I would not waste a top pick uh, on one of them. Uh, I think you don't have to reach for them. There's a lot of GMs who are going to shy away from that because, as you noted, you know, guys can step in uh, pretty, pretty seamlessly. Um, I mean, you saw in Seattle – years ago Chris Carson jumped in um for Marshawn Lynch plug and play you've seen seen it all over the place yeah yeah
0: and even I mean uh the Chiefs have let like a running back kind of walk I Mm -hmm. mean Damian Damian Williams. they've let guys walk and I I wasn't a huge fan of getting Edwards Alaire, um but he's good good off the catch but in terms of running through tackle he's good you know short space quickness but uh so those were the running backs now let's go to your school and USC, so you guys have a a, a projected first-round guy, uh, J.C. Horn, son of former Saints receiver Joe Horn. But There's another guy, Patrick Sertan, who is the Bama corner, who's projected to go ahead of Horn. And, John, what I'm asking you to do is, is check your bias at the door. I know you went to USC. Put that aside. Okay, put the blinders on. Which prospect is a better NFL corner?
1: So checking my bias at the door and being the uh, just neutral uh, source that I am here, um, yes. I, I I'll say that you know what shows up on tape uh, is what you get with Patrick Sertan. That guy, uh, he's a stud. He's he also played in a very good defense with a lot of other players um, that, are, that are very very good. It, not everything always showed up on tape uh, with Jay Z Horn because teams were able to go at our other corners and nickels because they just didn't throw to him. They're like, all right, we're not going to, you know, we just, we, we can't, we're just going to shut off that one side of the field. And we're going to beat South Carolina a different way. And that happened a lot. Um, another thing with him is just his, t- his toughness. He has everything that you look for um, from a corner, like the, just the attitude that he comes to every day with um, and his toughness. And you just love to see that from a guy. And I think he's a guy that makes other people better um holds everyone to a higher standard uh, right on the field. So I like him as a better prospect. I think I do think the Cowboys are gonna end up taking him at 10. Um I think he goes one pick ahead of Sertan.
0: Oh, uh, okay. That would be early for him. Cause I I mean the mocks that you know I've done personally and seen have him in the twenties. So 10, that would be that would be pretty big for him. He's the
1: first guy off the board. I think uh I think he's shown enough to where uh, he can be a number one corner in this league.
0: Okay. All right. So that's our, that's our South Carolina corner. And so we got a few more minutes left. I know you got a call coming up. So we got about eight minutes left. So we'll go through some quick hitter questions and let's start here. ESPN and NFL network, they sent out a memo to all their employees saying, Hey, don't, don't ruin the picks. Don't tweet them out before they happen, which I think is a great idea. There's no, I mean, it just defeats the purpose when Woe just Is tweeting out who somebody picks before it happens. It's it's annoying. Takes away all the suspense. Do you think anybody would break it? And if so, who would it be? And and my pick would be Mort because he's seen these new age guys, the Shams, the Woge, um, Schefter, kind of come in and, and take his territory away. Where they're the main insiders. And so I want Mort to say, Hey, you know, I'm the old guard. I'm still here. You know, I can still do the job. And so I could see him sneaking in one and then scampering out. Um, but do you see anybody, maybe you perhaps?
1: Uh, so that's, I, I actually like, I like that take, uh, the more, you know, he's, he's gotten a little bit of the shine taken away and he has gotten a little bit older and, uh, he's not quite what he used to be, but right. uh, I think this would be a good comeback story for him. Uh, comeback story. Hey, um, it would be. I could see, um, yeah, I could definitely see somebody from a different league kind of coming in and then creating a little bit of controversy, uh, among the, uh, newsbreakers of the world, maybe, uh. Maybe even Chris Broussard comes back. (laughs) He just jumps in for a pick. He's like, hey, the the Bengals are taking chase, you know, something like that. And just stirring the pot because we all know NFL Draft Night is one of the best Twitter nights of the year. It's it's incredible.
0: It's a great Twitter Um, night.
1: Not not only from the insiders, but from some players. Unfortunately, I've just had some things come about um, that's kind of hurt their stock. But, uh, you know, overall, um, I I can see someone like, you know, a Broussard or, God forbid, even uh, Brian Windhorst comes in and uh, (laughs) picks one off. Windy, Uh,
0: yeah. Well, Bruce Sard's an interesting pick because I mean he had he had a lot of territory. Twenty ten, he was all over the heat thing, and he was kind of at the top of the uh, top of the world. And then he he had some false claims about Kevin Durant, how they were messaging back and forth, and their DM. There's some terminology there that he used that made him look more favorably. So let's go to um, draft. Quite, what would you ask a a draftee if you were like a GM and they're coming to a meeting? Mine would not be a question. I would hold. So there's these things called sausages, which aren't sausages, but they're, they're made out of soy instead of like regular, uh, whatever, salt so, instead of like pig or whatever. So it's got soy in it, not actual meat. And so I would hold up a sausage, which looks the exact same as a sausage, hold up the round sausage. And I would let them sniff each one for like two seconds and then say, okay, which one do you want? And if they pick the sausage, I'm taking them off my draft board. They're completely off of it. Um, so that's what I would do. What would you do?
1: That's a, that's a pretty good tactics. You know, you want the guys who are big meat and potatoes, guys. Uh, I, I don't want-, want
0: any betas that, that are eating soy.
1: That's and correct. Uh, so I actually had a different idea. I would, uh, you know, it, it, maybe at a dinner um, with with the drafty. I don't know if this is all completely legal, but this is, you know, I kind of work outside the law sometimes. And you do. So I would, you do. I would, uh, you know, take him to dinner, uh, pay the check, uh, ask him to maybe split the bill via Venmo, and then I send him a Venmo request for a little bit more than he's owed. So he gets slighted on that. And then that way I can see how he responds to that. And if he comes back at me like, Hey, this is not right. I'm owed. I'm, I'm, I don't owe this much. Then I think, you know, he's got the hunger. He's, he wants what, what's coming to him. Right. And if, but if he just takes it lying down and pays it, I'm like, ah, oh, you know, this guy might not want it all that much. Yeah. So that, that, that might be my idea to really engage with the, uh, the younger generation.
0: You might as well lay down and you just pat his belly. Cause uh, he's just, right. he's just getting walked all over like a dog. Yeah. Um, so let's go to – there's one more thing.
1: I've got to go in like a few seconds. So
0: let's, okay. Uh, okay. Okay. So let's – you just want to – we're going to do a quick draft. Okay? okay. So we'll just we'll just say the names. And, rapid and, Fire. Yeah, Rapid Fire, two coaches, a former player, and then a media guy. So, John, you go first.
1: Sorry, is this for
0: uh, – Yeah, the draft, two head coaches. What? Oh, yeah, yeah. So we're going to draft two head co- This is for the NFL or ideal NFL um, – Coaching staff, okay. so two head coaches, okay. former player that's not a coach, and then uh, uh, a media guy. So, Okay. You go ahead uh, with your coach.
1: All right, coach. Uh, I'm going uh, Brian Flores, Miami Dolphins.
0: Brian Flores. I'll go Bill Belichick.
1: Interesting pick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he wins games, John. Um,
1: for my next coach, Kyle Shanahan.
0: Kyle Shanahan. Okay, he, he was on my board as well. I'll go Andy Reid. So those are two head coaches. So what is their former player – that isn't already a coach that you, that you want in your staff?
1: Uh, Jeff Saturday.
0: Jeff Saturday. Okay, pretty good. I'm going to go Mike Allstott, you know, physical guy. Good All for right. the locker room type guy.
1: Yep. Uh, my second one, uh, no, this is Thomas.
0: your This is your media guy.
1: Oh, dang. All right, I can't get too alignment. Well. Okay.
0: I guess you uh, could do Joe Thomas because he is in the media now.
1: Uh, no, I don't want that. Uh, media guy. That's tough. Uh.
0: I got a great one. There's, I mean, anybody on TV that talks about sports, you go Diana Rossini. You get a you get a female voice in there as well as, as her oh, smart. Go, uh,
1: I'll, go, I'll go Colin Coward. You know, okay.
0: why not? Okay, Coward. I'm going Peter King because he writes the Monday morning uh, column. He has a deadline that he That's has to get these columns into the editor, and he always hits the deadline. So I'll go, I'll go Peter King on that.
1: All right, well, I think you might have won that. I was kind of caught off guard there. But, uh, well, yeah,
0: you've got a call coming up, so we'll give you a slide. I am three and four, so this would help me get to uh, four and four if we win. Before you sign off, when can we expect your 2022 draft? Because that's the biggest page view day of the year for these columnists.
1: Uh, let's see the drafts Thursday. Yeah,
0: the 2022 draft. Yeah,
1: yeah, the, but the 21, okay. the 2021 draft Thursday, yeah, you'll see my next one on Friday.
0: Okay, <laughs> the hardest-working guy in the business. All right, man, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Robert. See ya.